Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we took a tiny little break, but it is now wine pod time okay and if you've noticed on youtube you can see we have headphones on because we are going to be playing music in a little bit but okay do you want to, you're i always get a little nervous about pouring so why don't you do a little little pour here we got some spanish wine campo nuevo now nuevo does that mean new going to the new camp we're going the to mickey new camp. Joseph's it's the camp. mickey joseph camp fall time. camp starts tomorrow and it's the new camp it so. is mickey joseph camp time by the way shouts out to go currency for sponsoring the wine pod making it all possible it's funny how your eyes see i've seen multiple billboards for go currency and i just like i bubble up with pride okay so shouts out to go currency for sponsoring the wine pod again it is sunday it's now five o'clock scott frost has been fired trev alberts had a press conference we talked a little bit about things in our quote-unquote game recap pod but we're you have to go out of town so we're knocking both pods out right now we're doing a white pod again it's sunday at five o'clock uh, all right, cheers, my friend. Before we get into the song, cheers. let's just cheers and let's let's take this down again. Here we go. Mm-mm. Maybe gotta let that hit the tongue, dog. Gotta let it sit on the tongue a little, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Is that not a sentence you should ever say? Uh, hey, dog, that. what you doing wrong? You're not letting it sit on the tongue very long. <laughs> Let it sit on the tongue. This is you before you've had the drinks. That's we haven't bad. had any today. So okay, so we have this idea. You and I both had a similar, like, music, very big part of a lot of people's lives, but for us, you know, and getting us in the right mode and the right mood and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so we have this idea with the wine pod, just a way to, like, kind of get us rolling a little bit. The song of the day. We both haven't. You're going to choose one. I'm going to choose one. We're going to alternate each week. It was my turn did to get you, things started. Did you? When did you pick this song, though? I started this. I picked this song last night. Okay, so after the game, you picked the song. After the game, but I, before Frost got fired. Yes. Oh, okay. It, because it still works. Okay. Okay. So the song of the day. This is this song is by one of my all time favorite groups, the lead singer Daryl Hall has one of the best voices of all time. Okay. Of all time. Now the song I'm about to play for you with Hall and Oates is not one of their most well-known songs, but everybody has like in their favorite bands, like those, like those songs, like this isn't one of their most popular songs, but it's one of my favorite yeah. songs. This song, the chorus just perfectly hits on at the time I was saying like Nebraska, but to me, it kind of hits on frost his era as the head coach. And then Nebraska in general right now is a football program. Okay. You make my dreams come true. Yeah, I wish. Yes. <laughs> Sarah smile. So no, it's not that uh, this song. What's what's hard is this song is about love and relationships, but I think parts of it can apply to Nebraska. Okay. Now, before, before I even, sometimes I think it's important. I want to read the lyrics to the chorus before I hit play. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, go for it. The chorus is so close, yet so far away. So close, yet so far away. We believe in tomorrow, maybe more than today. We're so close, so close, yet so far away. This is so close. Oh, wow. Hall and Oates. Okay. Mm. I love me mm. some Daryl Hall. Mm. So More than today, and we're right down asleep, so cold, yet yeah, so far away. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, how good? I don't know. I've heard this one. You've never heard? No. Really? Yeah. Oh. 1980. Written by John Bon Jovi and Daryl Hall. Oh. Men on the dance floor mm. in the old high school gym. Fell like a rock. You like him. And his heart beat like thunder. As it moved across the floor. When the music was over, she slipped out of his arms and out of the door. Go ahead, Daryl. Yes, you did. Yeah, man loves a woman. See the video if you want, Bob. Oh, there we go. I can't understand why she's sad when she stares mm. at the ring on her hand. Ooh. Or she sits in some club where the long shadows fall. Get it ready. Husker football. This is what it is. Pot it down so we talk. We'll talk over it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll pot yeah. it down. We'll talk over it a little bit. So close yet so far away. I think is the perfect way to describe the Scott Frost era. That's a good point. Yeah, the era. That's the, the era. entire era. Close, undeniably close. The games determine that, right? Like yeah. the outcomes suggest that. I mean, you have the numbers that wrapped it up for the Scott Frost era. Five and 22 in one-score games. Yeah. Was it 10 straight losses by one score or less? So close, but ultimately when this keeps happening, when it is five and 22, I remember when it was like, you know, three and 10 or whatever it was, you thought like eventually it'll just, it was, ah, Nebraska's just, it's bad luck. It'll eventually start bouncing your way over the course of time. There probably is a reality to you make your own luck. Yeah. So you can sit there and say, we're close, we're close, we're close. 
But maybe you are really, really far away, just like Daryl Hall tried to tell you in 1980 with a little help of John Bon Jovi. I that's that's awesome that Bon Jovi wrote. How about that? That's great. Um, but yeah, I think it's very telling. That's uh, why they're so good. I want to listen to. Um, but like it, we believed it. Like that's the part of that song yes. that hits. Like we believed that it's that close. Right. That's why I loved it. It is up until the up until this year and maybe even last night. Like, I think we all believed it. So that's the part where I think it hits true. But, man, it's like the numbers don't lie. Well, and even the start of the second verse. Some people think if you really believe that's what you need to solve all life's mysteries, like. There was an element of us frost believers and people that wanted it for frost that we were going to just continue to believe because sometimes, damn it, you just got to believe and it'll eventually make sense. This mystery that is Scott Frost. Yeah. And so I as the game ended, I was sitting there thinking about, okay, what? What song perfectly captures, and that's the end of Daryl Hall, John Elts right there. So shouts out to those guys. Uh, we can take our headsets off here. All right. Yeah, that's that's but that, so is yeah. that is that do you are you like I think if there's just a a little phrase, a little chorus that perfectly sums it up, so close yet so far Good away. Good job with the lyrics on that though, because that's not one of their most well known songs no. at all. I mean, I know they're probably you know, I know most all the yeah, well known yeah, songs. I go, I go, I haven't even heard that one. So close. Yet so far away. Well, that's a good way to By the way, roll into the wine. People, pod. I mean, it, it wasn't the best live show I've ever seen, but you and I in 2018, yeah. July. The best, the best Wednesday of the decade. It was the best <laughs> Wednesday anybody's ever had, ever. Um, I've never had more fun at a concert. Hall and Oates at yeah. the CenturyLink Center. And what a day. We went to the Drover, had a great steak. Had wine there, went to the concert. We took a shot of tequila at the concert, which is like, what were we doing? Where on best concerts you've ever been to? Before we get into more Frost and Husker football, what do you, what's, you've been to some guitar festivals, haven't you? I have. Uh, Check it out, man. Clapping guitar. Man. It was actually, uh, me and me and our buddy Chris went to that, and that was a lot of fun. But it was I, I became a not a festival person because of that. I realized I don't like festivals. I like concerts, but festivals you get it's too long. It's way too long, but it's also like you don't get people's best stuff because they're like they're coming on stage for one song, and you don't get like the experience of a show. Right? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's I like, can it's see like that. A hodgepodge, yeah. and so I, I really didn't enjoy the festival as much as like, I like going to see somebody like hollow notes. That was probably top three ever for me. So it's Springsteen. I've seen him a couple of times, especially 2012 was probably the me and Jake Muleheisen went together. Okay. And had so much fun. It was a, that was probably the best Bruno Mars. Unbelievable live. You should have been there. I blame Corey McEwen for that. Corey, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I thought Corey, remember, it gets announced that Bruno's coming to Lincoln. Yeah. And somehow the message gotten lost in translation. I thought Corey relayed, like, oh, I'm going to get the tickets. Yes, Don't, that's like, right. I can't, not, like, saying it in hindsight now makes no sense. I was under the impression that Corey was going to be getting, like, a block of tickets. Yes. And then I snoozed, and then it got to where 
a week of the concert, I didn't have a ticket and you couldn't get a ticket unless you wanted to drop like a couple grand or something yeah. like that. And I was just like, I ain't got it like that. Yeah. But I th that was so Corey, I blame yeah. you for my because that that's that's unbelievable. But it's also like to me, like I like being down standing in the like closer to the pit, Larry, you know, like yeah. I'm not like. I've been to concerts where I'm like, you know, I'm in the outfield. They're like, how's it up there? You know, like what? I just like if I can't see like the person like somewhat close, like actually see the band playing. Uh, I just like I just kind of gets. Yeah, you can lose a little bit of the. I mean, OK, so Springsteen, Bruno, Bruno and Hall and Oates are probably my three all timers. So Hall and Oates is in my top three. My number one is probably Usher 2004 Kemper Arena. Is that with Bub? Bub Wendell. That's right. We were in, the, it was right after it dropped the whole Confessions album. Every song was an event. It was incredible. He played his old hits. And then another little thing, Kanye West opened for him. So like early college dropout, Kanye West came out. John Legend came out and played oh, the piano wow. for him. So like these are all before these guys blew up into mega, mega, mega stars. Yeah. Usher 2004 Kemper Arena. Um certainly Hall and Oates. Then it's probably a two Justin Timberlake in Omaha in 2014. Dude is just a performer. Yeah. He was incredible. And then you talk about being in an intimate setting. It's the bourbon theater in downtown Lincoln, like the tiny little one. Nas did his illmatic 25th anniversary of the, his debut album. Yeah. And he deformed, he, he performed that entire album in sequential order at the bourbon me and our boy dalton were there and you were like right like i mean see i love Nas is so close to me that's it's, the best that's why those, those kind of are you know settings are, i think are the best like if you can get in the more intimate ones where you can see and you're like you're there because the sound is better yes and you just like you feel like it's like blown right. back almost that's the Who, stuff i like the most okay dead or alive any concert ever i my guess is we probably have the same answer Dead or alive? Dead or alive, you can go to any concert ever. Oh man, hold on, hold on. That's tough. That's you want me to go first? You go I mean, first. It's gotta I'm be that. Michael Prime Michael Jackson. Uh um, like when Michael Jackson's at his height, 1988, probably. Okay, let's because this is what, what's important is like I think it's different 30 years later when you've seen a hundred people do Michael Jackson, like, but if it's 1988, yes. And you've uh, never yeah. seen anybody do what he did at the time. That would be beyond unbelievable because he was the first, like he invented essentially like that kind of show, right. Where he's dancing and putting on like that didn't exist. Right. He invented it. So like, yeah, I mean, at the time, if it's in the eighties, Oh my God, that'd be unbelievable. Is there any thriller and bad. Oh yeah. Be incredible. That'd be up there. Prince maybe up there for you. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right there. I mean, I got to see Springsteen. That I mean, what's hard for me is like I if people like my favorite genre of music, like I would love to see Tupac, but like rap live just isn't very it's good. good. It's just it's not. not. The music doesn't um, it doesn't translate. It no. just doesn't. I, you know, I here's what I'll say though. I went to the Jay-Z concert a few years ago and he had a really good band right played. So like if the problem is sometimes it's all recording and it's like, it's it, like it, it loses Harvey's like yeah. 40. Yeah. Boy, Every one like, of them got everyone's a mic. <laughs> got a mic. Like, I think you lose, you lose the music when you do that. But Jay-Z had a band. It was playing really good. Like they played yes. great. So I think that becomes a better uh, performance. Right. Right. So I think you lose something when it's just a recording and people are up there walking totally. around like totally 
like that's like it becomes like two, karaoke yeah like 2000s so like, rap became that i went to nelly at pershing auditorium i drugged my brother <laughs> i mean it was like i loved it because it was be careful you might knock over your, your oh, glass yeah. there uh but it was terrible and you know, I, I love me some nelly but it was terrible because it was just like you can find me in St. Louis. you know it just it was not good you yeah, know it's not the music and, sounds bad right uh gosh who else who else would be like well biggest concert regret beyond bruno mars uh you and i were too <laughs> we were we were too hung over and didn't plan things well enough 2009 final four in detroit keith sweat was doing a live performance somewhere and we i can't believe i'm stuck because we were okay so we were too is, hung over but this is the people need some context so me and nick it's 2008. Uh, we're graduated from college. Or you still had another semester? No, I was a GA. I was a graduate assistant. That's why I thought it was 2009. Am I tripping? Or is it 2008? 2009. Yeah, it was 2009. Because I, I was. You were with. The, you I was were. Still with the Pats. Yes. At that time. But then it was. Because it was. I was March. not playing. You were not playing. That's right. Because then me and you meet in detroit yes we go to the final four in detroit michigan yes during the financial crisis right we didn't think that we didn't we didn't we didn't think it through like where's detroit the, where was is a tumbleweed where's the hub of the financial crisis right. like gm like general electric like pew, like yes detroit was in like ruins like we went we arrived there we get to downtown detroit when we say there was nobody there there was not a soul no there i remember this week we arrived we went to a restaurant a homeless man followed us into the restaurant and said oh yeah i'm with them i'm here and then they'd like drag him into the street and we're like right we're like what what's going on with detroit what's wrong with detroit yes and then nobody came to the final four like until game day until the saturday of the first game yeah. of the final four then there was this rush because michigan state was in the final yeah. four north carolina was in the final four and there was a rush of fans but then they came and then they left but it was bizarre because but whatever I've been to Final Fours before, and like the whole week is yeah, an event. It's, it's, yeah, and it was not like it here. I know we picked the, we picked the wrong place and to go. Just every school's there, and I mean it was a dead zone. I couldn't believe it. So then, so to probably make up for that, we drank too much, and we had Keith Sweat performing live. And you and I love Keith Sweat, and we were like, uh, we, I think he was in like Dearborn, Michigan, like it was just like 45 minutes away or so, or maybe no, we were in we Dearborn. Were in Dearborn. Yeah, because I messed up our hotel reservations. I was like, we'll get something. And we went out to Pistons Arena. We watched the slam dunk contest. Yes, and Booker Woodfox was in yes. the three-point shootout. And, and, and we got up to we the met, scores table. We got and up we, to the scores Billis, table. Who, Billis has <laughs> always been, shout out to Jay Billis. Jay Billis has always been like unbelievably nice yeah. to me. Billis met us. To, like gave us a tour of all of what they were doing, took us back to the production truck. What and, like, he didn't have to do that. No, he just is like such a nice J guy. Jay Billis is like right now I could text Jay and just anything and he would respond like that. Cause he's a good, guy. he's a good dude, but I can't remember what day the Keith Sweat concert would have been, but it was one of my bigger regrets. It was one of my bigger regrets. But we would have had to drive in from or get a ride. I know, from it was Dearborn, just, it was too much. And we were dreadfully hung. Yeah, we were, we drank too much. Um, it was a fun night. Though. That was a really fun night. Detroit, I mean, I don't, during the financial was, crisis oof, for the man. final four, what a weird venue for that year. I mean, I guess they would have picked it before that, but like, oh man, we just, I mean, it was such a weird weekend. Yeah. But no, Paul, to, to land the plane to tie, tie it all back in. Okay. Well, real quick though, embarrassing concert that I would love to go to. I texted you this the other weekend, Mariah Carey. We don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that anymore. We're going to bring that up later. I'll give you a pass right now. What's wrong with Mariah Carey? Okay. Nick, you confessed though. Like your text was like, <laughs> 
somebody that had been holding something inside themselves. Even to my best friend. Yeah. For 38 never years. never told me like, Mariah Carey's my favorite. I love Mariah Carey. I love Mariah. She's my favorite female artist Nick, of all time. It was a confession. I la- I just started laughing. You did. You were like, like, whoa. I could tell by your text. She's like, you know, I just want to tell you this, but Mariah Carey. I had to. I was it like, was better than when I'm, I'm on my deathbed and you have to come say your family goodbye. And I'd be like, oh, I got to tell you. I really, my biggest regret. What is it, Nick? Tell me. Tell me. Never going to Mariah Carey. She was my favorite. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you saying you really like Mariah Carey? I love Carey? Mariah Carey. I really did. <laughs> Turns out Nick Ba had a lot of secrets. Mariah that, Carey. Yeah. I love Mariah Carey. I would go to. Well, okay. Here's the thing. If she ever goes back on on tour, you, will you come with me? I'd go or to Mariah. Feel, is it too? Do we need to bring our wives so it's kind of like we can blame it? Like the old let's, ball and chain wants to go to Mariah Carey. Bring the wives so that we <laughs> is can there a more claim terrible term manliness. Is there a more terrible term than the <laughs> slang for a wife is ball and chain? Uh, it's pretty bad. I, that's terrible. That is a terrible thing. But we'd have to but be like. You, here's the thing. Here's a. I don't know if this is acceptable. Not that I care. But it's like two dudes going to Mariah Carey. Like, yeah, so two forty-year-old uh, guys going. Can't make it. Wish we could. Me and Nick going to the Mariah Carey concert. We're gonna have to catch you next time. Like that. I don't think I can say that out loud. Okay, that's good, but you have to lie. If, gonna, if, we're gonna miss your bar mitzvah. Me and Nick gotta. <laughs> Got a Mariah Carey concert that we've been dying to go to. Been dying to get to Mariah. I mean, Nick. <laughs> Nick, yes, we better bring our wives. We oh, better bring our wives. That's too funny. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. You cannot, you can't, you can't say exactly where we're going. If it's just us, guys, trip, look out. Where are you going? Mariah Carey. <laughs> Wish we could. Golf guys golf trip going to Pebble. Ooh, it sounds good. That's the weekend me and Nick are going to Mariah. Like, We're Nick, going to... Can't do it. Oh can't my do god, that. that's not we'll good. Bring our wives. I, I don't even know if she tours anymore, but uh, you, you I mean, uh, I like but Mar- she got good songs. Come but, on, like, you'll go and you'll I like it. You Make were, it happen. You'll strut. Make it happen's good. But like I didn't know you were like I super fan. I, like, I'm not so sure that she I mean, like Has you this, give like, me how long has this been going on? A long time. I've always Has loved it? her. I've always loved her. I've always loved Mariah Carey. I just have. Her, there's something, her catalog of songs. I'm not so sure if you write down like all the songs you really like. Like she's got, well, first of all, she's got a ton of hits, but like just a lot of hits, Doug. Just to, hey, hey, don't you dare, hey, don't be ashamed of me. With cameras rolling, don't Nick, you be ashamed you confess, of me. It was You're not confession. letting us sit on your tongue, oh, Larry. Yeah, You're yeah, not letting us yeah. sit on your, let the wines sit on your tongue. Okay. All right. We've had one last winer. We crocked after I'm one. Doing, okay. Hold on. You're, you're ahead of me. Are we staying? We are we the pacer? To, We're yeah. staying ahead of it. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. The Dick Bob Podcast is powered by Peerless Energy Systems. You may hear a name like Peerless and think, man, that's an interesting name. Well, let me elaborate here. If you're the owner, Ed McMorrow was watching the 1998 Orange Bowl, Nebraska, Tennessee, and Peerless Price was a wide receiver for the Tennessee Volunteers, and he was asked about his name on the sidelines, and he said it meant, quote, without equal. So that model stuck with Ed, and when the company was launched in 1999, just a year later, he wanted to create a company that was without
without equal in the industry. So Peerless Energy Systems was born. Peerless is the Solaire authorized distributor for Nebraska and Iowa. They go to market via local distributors and make some of the best air compressors and ancillary compressed air equipment in the industry. Peerless has three core values, reliable, dedicated, responsive. And that's exactly what you get when you get Peerless Energy Systems on your team. They are locally owned and operated. They have certified compressed air auditors on staff. They have a large local dedicated rental department and 24-hour emergency response for service parts and rental equipment. Pretty good right there. So if you're in manufacturing, food processing, utilities, transportation, refineries, maybe you work in a body shop, car dealer, automotive, countertop makers, I could go on and on, but you get the point. For any air compressor needs, Peerless Energy Systems has you covered. Go to peerlessenergy.com. That's peerlessenergy.com. So usually with the wine pot, it's the opening pour yeah, with the song. And then halfway through, we do the refill. But I feel like we need the refill now. Yeah, we went a long time talking about Mariah Carey and Hall Notes. People would be like, talk about Frost being fired. Okay, we'll get to Frost. But- hey, real quick, though. Can I throw this at you as you're yes. re- refilling me? Hold on. There we go. Okay, take that to the head. Wine is, t- I mean, people that chug wine, you can't chug wine. That's just disrespectful. Well, I shouldn't wine. have made you chug that. But- no, that's fine. All right. Just- Topper Harley. There we go. Topper. Okay. Uh, by the way. I watched Martinez at Kansas State. How would how do you look? He looked great. Yeah. But what's weird is you never know how you'd feel like after you see it. Yeah. I, I felt I watched it and I felt nothing. And you want to know why? It's because Casey Thompson's good. I think if Casey Thompson was was bad and was out there like, you know, throwing picks and sucking, then I think it would hurt more. Or not hurt's not the right word, it'd bother you more. Uh but I, I didn't know if you watched it. It was on at a, at at a on, no, on Saturday. I, at, I tried at, to at and they like had a different game where it said it was watching Bama Texas. I was going back and forth. Yeah. Um, but good I for him. It, I, I have nothing but no, no. They're they're know, two and zero. Oh, he played well. I'm just saying, like you wondered what that would feel like, especially given like here it is. Martinez is two and zero. Oh. If I'd have told you before the season, Martinez is going to start two and zero. Oh, Nebraska is going to start one and two, and Frost is going to get fired. How are you going to feel about Martinez? You would think you'd be like, oh man, it's going to hurt so much. It, it doesn't really just because I think Casey, like we talked about a little bit ago in our game recap, like I'm not so sure that I don't think Casey Thompson is a guy that I wouldn't want over Adrian Martinez. I, I'm and this comes from that, a guy that loved Martinez. I go, I just do the eye test. Casey Thompson is a better, like he manages the game better. He just he right. has whatever his style is, makes me more comfortable. Like when Martinez is in the pocket, I'm just not near it. Like Casey Thompson stands in there yes. and he can throw the ball on time where it needs to go. I just think the way he sees the game is to my like. I like it more. Like, I, agree. I, I like the way he sees it. I agree. Okay. Let's get into front. We never really, really kind of have unpacked, and maybe it's just it's too the, the wound is too raw right now yeah, to so, get into it. But we need to get into frost a little bit. Just in case people don't know where we like we we've just recorded. The recap yes. pod. We've been potting for two and a half hours. Yeah, and now we're going on the wine pot. So I, we got a little out of control there, but we needed a little break from like we had serious hard hitting. Yeah. So stuff. if you haven't heard the the recap, you might want to listen to that too. That's we we just listened to Trev at the, at the press conference yep. and went right into this. So we took a little break. We had a little music, had some fun. We had recess is what yeah. we had. But now we 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 didn't talk much about like just said, like the just frost and general. Like frost got frost has been fired. 
Yeah. And we didn't talk about like what that means. And, and you and I have probably been labeled like you would label us as like two dudes that have really, 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 really defended that guy yeah. and really, really hung in that guy's corner and stuck with him. And that's all accurate, probably. But I would do it again. Well, it's, it, I here's I just don't I just don't feel like you could ever predict the, the way it went. And it like it still doesn't really make sense to me. I think Trev even in his It's in unbelievable. His, when when you look back on it, what did he say? He said they said, Why do you think? He goes, I don't know. He says, I don't know right. why it didn't work. You are gonna 50 years from now, 25 years from now, whatever, people are gonna just Wikipedia Nebraska football coaches and look at the records. And you're gonna look and go, wow, Scott Frost was the worst head coach Nebraska's had since Bill Jennings in like the late 50s, early 60s. And technically by record, it's right, it's accurate. Yep. Again, no winning seasons, no bowl appearances, no signature wins, like it's accurate. Yeah. But if you watch the games, five and twenty-two and one score, one score games. I mean, they played it seemingly every game they were in, it was Right there. It was so close yet so far away. And so I, I when Frost gets fired, I wrote this down. And tell me if you I think you're probably gonna disagree with me, but you might not. I think I didn't so much believe in Frost as much as, as I believed in the idea of Frost. I know that's a really deep, probably like a haiku, like Wind is rain and rain <laughs> is cloud. Think That's remember it. in Wayne's where he's like, <laughs> we're in Wayne's basement, but we're not, not in, in Wayne's like, basement. So like, Garth, Garth. That's a haiku. <laughs> That's kind of what it was. But, okay. But you know, let me, I think I didn't believe, I didn't so much believe in frost as an individual, like yeah. looking at Scott Frost and just who he is. I think I more believe in the idea of frost. We see this all the time. People fall in love with and stick in relationships with people that they're more in, they're more enamored with the idea of their their wife or the idea of this girlfriend or the idea of yes. settling down and getting a white picket fence. Like there, there's sometimes you're more enamored with the idea of someone or the idea of something that you are enamored with the actual person that is involved in that scenario. Mm, this is, I this think is tough. That, this that, is that's tough. Okay, yeah, here, I, I just am telling you that's how you, it landed to me when he was saying fired. So let me, let me see if I can sum up what you're saying. Scott Frost, Nebraska legend, football player, quarterback of the national championship team, coach of the year, uh, high-powered offense, something different would separate us, help us recruit. Yep. Everything makes sense. Yep. That's what you believe. But like, as it happened, you were never sure of. Is he really the guy? That's yes. Uh, I was in love with all of the all of the uh, the resume, the paper, and and who he is, right and where out. he came from, yeah. and all that stuff. I was enamored with that. But when all that got stripped away, and he was on the sidelines for four years, I don't know if I really was in love with that guy as much as I was in love with the idea of that guy. Okay, when did that happen for you though? When did it happen where you weren't sure? I'm not him? so sure that I didn't always. Like there was always a part of me that that was like, am I really believe? But here's the thing, because it was like to me, it's like a fairy tale that didn't have a happy ending. It's like, what? Come on. Like, what do you mean? 
Cinderella didn't, you know, like, yeah. what do you mean? Lion, you know, Mufasa and, and Simba didn't become like, what do you mean? Like, so Simba just died and he hung with Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata the whole time. It didn't come back and take over the old pride. Nick, what are you talking about? Nick, you've been spending too much time with Mava. It's clear to me. What are you talking about? But, but over the years, he just would do enough to keep me thinking with my heart. I mean, here, here's my, here's my take, right? I saw what you did in Central Florida. Like, that's a legitimate Owen. It happened. Owen 16, Owen 13, 13 and 0 coach yes. of the year, like two years. Like, he came out of Oregon. They were like, they, he had never not done a great job. He comes to Nebraska. I saw with my own eyes what we were. He came in. We looked different and everything went wrong. So we didn't win, but we looked different. So I thought, okay. I, I talked to people down the university They're like, hey, you wouldn't believe how much harder they're working, how much better things are like everybody felt that way. Couldn't win games. Yeah. You know, like, OK, now we've you know, we yeah, we lost. But now we're going to like got these pieces and now it's, and then like. Barely, barely losing games. OK, barely losing games. Now we're going to like it was always this like every did just enough. But I don't know. Like that's Nick, right. Okay, let I me. I want to go tell. back and wish I could answer. Like when was there? When did you feel that way? I don't know if there was a moment, a game, and I think I said I always made that. That's not true. I didn't always feel like that. But I think over the course of time, it just when when the mountain of evidence of just not winning becomes so big, that's it. So that you, it becomes hard to just not go. Well, what about this mountain of L's? I, I think it's fair to say the first two years you can explain you can you can try to explain it away the third and fourth year of l's adds up to be too big where you yes. you're not reasonable unless you doubt somebody then right yes. like you're almost crazy if you don't doubt the like just look at the win loss record like forget everything else look at win loss right so like that part i understand but i won't say that like i had any like I thought it was going to work. I so did still, I. No, I know. That's I why thought I thought like, they were going to. This year, it's like, okay, uh, if they can win three in a row, play Oklahoma tough, maybe sneak it. It's well, all on track. I even talk, like, like, I talk about this year and beyond. I, I'm not so sure, Bo, there wasn't anything in my life to date that I was more sure was going to be a roaring success than Scott Frost being the head coach at Nebraska. I was a thousand percent sure it was going to work. In never in a million years did I think it would be the colossal disappointment that it's ended up being. And it's hard to make sense of it. It really is. It's Nick, it's I'm going to go to my deathbed and there's going to be people. So here's what happens. Like in the moment, it's you can't tell. In 10 years, everybody's going to be an expert and say it was obvious from the from the beginning. If you're not winning games and like. It's the coach's fault. It's the, like, no, it's not clear. Like we've been through this. Like it's, I will go to my grave going like, I, I couldn't tell you why we lost some of those games. It's just bizarre. Like it felt like flukes. I know, but I'm going to trust that at some point the numbers are adding up to like, there's a problem here that I don't understand that we can't win these close games. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at and all. It will never make sense. But like, I just have to trust that there is a there is something that's unexplainable about that. That like it's there's it's a reason a, for it. It's amazing that over the course of so five and twenty two. So what is that? Twenty seven one score games that yeah. like you wouldn't just like just like fall into more wins. Just like luck out into more wins. We luck into no wins to nothing. None. 
And it's just, I would say, but I would say my main emo, what's your, I think my main emotion as the game ended last night um, and, and then the firing happens is just sad. I think I'm more just sad than I am anything else. It's sad that like the, what was seemingly the perfect, the perfect marriage wasn't meant to be right. I feel for Scott Frost. Like I said, he's a good guy that like, I just feel bad. It didn't work for him. I mean, he just, you can just see it in his face. He aged 10 years just from like all the strain of wanting to make this happen for the state. Um, You know, I, I, I just, I feel for him, but, at the same time, like now it's like we are back to square one potentially. So right? what it feels like, and that's the thing is we wanted to get it off this higher fire cycle, and now we're we're back in that cycle potentially. But real quick, can I read you something I wrote about a month ago heading into the season? So I got an email from someone, I wish I'd wrote it down now, that that asked me, like, why is it so easy for you to believe in frost? Yeah. Like, and I laid out a couple of things. The first one was that that it and it was something that you had talked about. Like to me, it's not obvious that they're bad because if you're bad, you're getting blown out. That was like a, the school of thought for like point number one. Yeah. Which the Georgia Southern game, even though they didn't get blown out, that was the first game. They're like, eh, this is obvious. They're not good. Like this is a problem here. But let me read. Let me. I'm going to read out out loud here. This is kind of like it's like it's like a page and a half. So just bear with me here. I said there are two other two other reasons why I believe in frost. There's the emotional investment of who he is and wanting it to work because of that. He's Scott Frost for crying out loud. He holds that special place of nostalgia and good times in your sports heart. And when that's the case, I guess you can struggle to fully see things clearly or objectively. I'm willing to admit that I'm potentially not being fully objective because of who he is. It's like that girlfriend you have history with or or a family member that keeps letting you down, but you're willing to fight for them and give them second chances solely because of who they are and the fact that you have history with them. So there's that. Hell, even Trev Albert said as much when he announced that Frost was going to be retained after last year. This is Trev's quote at the end of the season last year. Quote, Trev Alberts. Quote, it's no secret that I've always wanted this to work. It would be unfair to say that I wasn't looking for a way to keep Scott as our coach. I don't think there is a clear definition. There's not a lot of a not a lot of empirical data out there to suggest that this will work. Let's be honest. But I also think if there's a decision point, whether it's football or anything else, you know, Scott's a brother. He's a Husker. He's a Nebraskan. I thought if all things being equal, if there's a decision to make, if there's some uncertainty, if we're going to err while I'm here as the athletic director, we will probably err on the side of loyalty, but it won't be blind loyalty. That's it. To me, that kind of captured it perfectly. If there's someone that you are willing to extend a longer leash to or a longer one way to, it's Scott Frost. And because of that, at least for me, it's easier for me to buy in and believe in Scott Frost in year five. And then lastly, just stay patient with me. Have a sip of your wine as I'm reading to you. I don't subscribe to the school of thought that if Frost can't get it done, nobody can. I don't buy that, and we're not willing to go that far. But I am one that thinks that the thought of blowing this whole thing up again terrifies me on a variety of levels. I think it would set the program back potentially further, and the damage it could potentially do to the fan base is real. If Nebraska were to fire Frost, which now has happened, that's something 
that a lot of people would have a hard time stomaching. Well, maybe not the case anymore. And on some level, I think there are a lot of fans that do feel like if Frost can't get it done, Nebraska is screwed. I, I do think there maybe are some people that feel like that. Keep in mind, for the past 15 years, Scott Frost checked all the boxes of who the fans said was the answer. Former player, a Nebraska guy who understands Nebraska, someone that can wed the old school Husker blueprint with the new school way of doing things. Someone that has been a head coach, been successful, someone who could unite the fan base upon their arrival. Check, 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 check. Human beings typically don't react well when they proclaim something is the answer and it isn't. When they are sure, like 100% sure that they know the remedy, they have the answer, they have the guy, and it turns out they're wrong, the psychological damage is real. And oftentimes that psychological damage is to disengage and check out emotionally. For 15 years, basically since Frank Solich was fired, as fans have watched coach after coach come and go and get fired, the fans have felt like they know what Nebraska has needed to get back on track. And as the fan base from 2004 to 2017 sat and watched coaches come to Nebraska and fail and get fired, the fan base started to build the ideal candidate in their brain. Think of it this way. The Think of Husker fans as an eyewitness at a police station and describing the ideal candidate to save Nebraska football to a sketch artist. After almost 15 years of this sketch artist listening to fans describe the ideal head coach in Nebraska, the sketch artist would have drawn Scott Frost. He was on some level the savior. And when the savior gets fired, the damage would be real. So there you go. That's what I wrote. I wrote that one month ago. writing, Nick, Bob. I wrote that one month ago, and I went and pulled it up. And and it's interesting now to be in that moment. And I would say the fan base has moved quicker to being all on board with him being fired. But I'm still curious about the long-term effects of Frost not working. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. I mean, that was, whoa, that was like, I'm sorry, psychological. Holy moly. Well, I, that's what I think this is. I think a lot of this was deeply psychological for people. That the fan base had their they had ideal it out, well. candidate and he fit it. And it's, it's okay. I think that might be right. And I think that might be why he got the extra time. But like this year is the example of like, his time was up with them though. Like 
Last year was too soon, and for whatever reason, three games this year, it feels like now we know. Now we know. It's all like I don't, we didn't know last year. People might be surprised. I'm shocked, um, but I don't think I can defend it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's There's hard. a difference. I could defend it last year, and I thought that this was the right call to bring him back, but our performance these last three games – push it over the line of like now no one can defend it anymore. And I think most people probably feel that way. Uh, there may be some that said you shouldn't do it, but like I don't get the sense from anybody that I've talked to that like you need to defend this hard or something. You know? I have never, I shouldn't say I've never, I, I have not really heard from anybody over the course of the last three weeks. And even uh, today, as again, we're recording this on a Sunday Frost was just fired. I've not heard from anybody that, that is, trying to argue for retaining Scott Frost. If he wins in Ireland, they're arguing. But even here's the thing that, and I think even Sipper Sam asked this question. What's amazing to think is if, what if Nebraska finds a way to beat Georgia Southern? He's still coaching. No. He's so that's, got, what, I mean, he, here's the thing is like, he, that loss, like he couldn't lose since you, since he lost to Northwestern. You couldn't lose one of the next you two games. You can't lose the next two games. You can lose. He could have won. So if he wins two in a row, he can lose to Oklahoma. He gets probably two more games, right? But he can't lose to Northwestern and then lose to one of the next two teams. Right. And he played. they played bad against North Dakota. So, like, if we blow out North Dakota, he has a chance of keeping his job. Right. But we played so bad against North Dakota that, like, then a loss on top of that shows us, like, look, North Dakota about beat you. Georgia Southern did beat you. Like, right. Whoa, like it is, you said regression, like that's regression. Yes. So, yeah, I think I think people, the right move was bringing him back. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds like nobody's, nobody's art. I haven't, I mean, we'll see what people say, like the collective. I get the sense that nobody's fighting this firing at this point. now. I don't think anybody's fighting it locally and certainly not nationally. Like I think it is. Everybody is completely on board with it. And it's just, it's interesting. Like, yeah, it is. It is fascinating to think about the psychological way at which people viewed frost and then how much of that changed in just three games. Because I do think there were, again, I, I, we said it last year, I think if Frost would have been fired at the end of the season last year, I don't think it would have been met with no unanimous, it, like, good call, Trev. Because, because we, like, we vowed we'd learn from our mistakes. Yes. And our mistakes were we fired Frank Solich for nine and three. We fired Pelini for nine win seasons. Nine win seasons. Uh, and we just felt like, if we got somebody that's one of us, like one of our guys, which Frost is, this is part of what you said. Like, yes, they're one of us. That's our sketch artist, drove our yep. guy. Like, we're going to give him not just enough time, but maybe too much time, like right. more than enough to be like, we want to be sure he gets every opportunity. And I think they did. Yes. And now it's just like, it's very unfortunate that we couldn't win the first three games this year uh, and just see what would have happened. Right. But like at this point, it's over. It's done with, and you know, like we'll see where it goes. But like, I think it had ran its course just by the 
the hearts and minds of the Husker Nation kind of you, tell you where? Because even if we, I mean, if we beat Oklahoma, do they get it back? I don't know that even if we beat Oklahoma, had he lost enough people? I don't know. Like, Could he I sit have here beaten and, Oklahoma and, and, and it would have been all changed. as good? I don't know. I don't know either. I think, I know my thought as I was drinking coffee this morning before he was fired, I think I thought yes. So you thought this morning, if he can beat Oklahoma, everybody's back? Not everybody, but a, like majority. I mean, is it majority? Because I think the majority was wanted him out after last night. I think one of the things that you realize in sports and in life is once you lose people, it's really hard to get them back. That's my point. That's what I'm saying. So like, I think he would have got some people go, back. Is there ever, like unless he... Like once you think about quitting, you've already quit. Or once yeah. you think about leaving your wife, you've already left your wife. Once you, you know, like, like, yeah. I think there's maybe enough people that once they were, they moved on from Frost or were made a decision on Frost, it's hard for them to come back. It's very hard. But I just wondered if, like, because I had this whole thing written up for a wine pod for us to talk about, like, hey man, all has been terrible so far. But if Frost can go out and beat Oklahoma, Nebraska's biggest rival ever top 10 team i think that changes the paradigm dramatically because then all of a sudden you know you never know like is nebraska good enough to beat indiana and all these i don't know maybe i i don't i just yeah i I was thinking it was like a four game he had a four game like if he could win three or four uh, three out of his next four four out of his next four he probably keeps going to the end of the year but like i mean now it's like i don't even know if it's worth talking about that because I mean, he didn't get it even a chance to. No. And, you know, like that tells you that, like, I, I think Trevor, Trev Alberts is, is like, he's a level headed dude. And for him to do that at that moment, it's very telling. I think, you know, that, I mean, he wanted it to work with He Frost. did. That's the part I believe him when he says it. Well, I don't think he had an agenda. I do not think for a second that he was like, he had a plan. I think he wanted it to work. And I mean, I, I did tell you that Frost onside kick is going to haunt Scott Frost for the rest of his life. Because I think if he doesn't call that, Nebraska will beat Northwestern. And then I don't know if, if in an lose, alternate universe, if they then beat Georgia Southern, but even if they beat Georgia Southern, I'm not sure he's fired right now. If they beat Northwestern, even if they, they North- lose and he doesn't do the onside kick, which his, was his one responsibility right. not to do, um, I did do I think that that one's going to haunt him because. People then said, okay, he's now the head coach and he doesn't call plays. Right. But that was his one decision. Well, he's not doing that well. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. People, like you're, you're revamped, the revamped way of doing it. Like, all right, Frost is now the CEO. Well, his first day on the CEO job, he was like, he it was his worst cause of his career. The shareholders, like all their money. Like, I yeah, mean, that's pretty it was, much. It was an all time, like, He'll look back at that and he, I think he'll know the consequences of like, so because you know that game too. I was reading about it 4.4 million people tuned into that game. Yeah, a lot of people watched that game, which was they, they said in 2016 they had a game between I think Georgia Tech and Boston College. It was like six or 800,000 people watched. Nebraska pulled in 4.4 million the same time slot. Like Nebraska brings the freaking noise. People. Yeah, we bring like and we'll get to this maybe later, but like that's, that's why I'm kind of confident in Nebraska in the future. Like we brought 4.4 million oh, yeah. viewers to a game. Like you can't do that. Like in that game, and he did it. Like that one is gonna hurt us. So what? 
Before we get in, I want to get into a little bit of like coaching candidates and what we're looking for or whatever. Before we get into, hold on there, bro. You almost had a turnover play in the Himalaya. But uh, before, and then we'll get into some Oklahoma stuff. What happened? Like, and I know we've, is, is Frost and the tenure not working? Like you think about, I'll never forget, you were there. I can, I've, the whole day of that Akron game and the build up to it, and going to the game and being in the stadium, it you'll never convince me that if that game, if a storm doesn't come, a storm the likes of which that has really like never come after it. Never in the history of Nebraska football has that happened like that. It was a torrential thunderstorm downpour. Lightning storm. Lightning, all of it. And we did kick off. We kicked off, Nick. Yes, we kicked off. I'm telling you, I was in the West Balcony. You were in the stadium. That place was on fire. The tunnel walk was it was like holy shit. Here comes Scott fucking Frost leading him out of the tunnel. Swagger. Oh my god. We were we were like like bring on yeah. Bama, bring on anybody. They can't they can't mess with us. Yeah. That was the feeling. And then the game doesn't happen. And because of that. That became a theme early in the year was just the inability to capture momentum and confidence. Is the Scott Frost era a case in point in the importance of momentum and confidence? Or is that a is that an excuse as to why this didn't work? It could be an excuse. Like, and this is where like I just don't know. I just I truly, Nick, I I don't know what the day, answer is. I don't know. It could be an excuse. So I like to lay that out like. I, I might be making an excuse, but there is something to like. If things all went well, those first few games, I have a feeling that things would have turned out very different. Like we would have recruited potentially a lot better and maybe we're not world beaters, but we're not what we were. Like, and then it doesn't become a th- like losing doesn't become a thing and losing close went, games. Don't become a we thing. went zero and six to start the tenure where we like it was just a fl- it was a flukish 0 and 6. Well, the two 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 uh kind of cliché lines. Charles Barkley has the line of the only thing the only difference between a good player and a great player is confidence. Yeah. Anybody that's played understands the importance of confidence. Confidence is fucking everything. There's a lot of guys that are like there are the freakazoids that are just the Adrian Petersons yeah, yeah. whatever that are just like they're on another planet athletically. But oftentimes like People are more similar in their abilities than you think, but it's their mind that takes them from here to here. Nebraska was never able to capture no. that here to here type of thing where they were able to get confident in feeling good about themselves, feeling good about how things kind of can roll and, and go. And so I don't think there's any doubt that like the lack of confidence played an enormous role in how things unfolded, especially initially for no Nebraska. Doubt. Did you watch Texas, Oklahoma? I mean, yes. Texas, Bama. Bama, yeah. All right, so... Texas should have won that game. So Texas should have easily won that yes. game. Alabama was sloppy. Uh, Alabama had a bunch of terrible penalties. Um, their best player had two offsides on the same play, had two late-hit personal fouls, and nobody cares because it's Alabama. But like, if it was us, big, we're Gosh, undisciplined. We're yeah. undisciplined. Bad coach. But like, here's what I noticed: the game got to, towards the end. Texas should have won, and I just saw like 
when Alabama's kicker made that final field goal to win it, right? So the Texas guy whiffs on the sack. Yep. And he just yep. Bryce Young steps Bryce Young up, steps up and scrambles, runs for they kick in, right? Bryce Young's on the sideline, Heisman Trophy winner. He kicks they kick it in for the win. He's not even like thrilled. He's like, that's right. Like yeah. he said, that's right. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, that's what like confidence looks like. That's what like I'm assured that we're winners and winners win. Mm-hmm. And it's not because Alabama is like infinitely better than Texas. They're not. Texas was freaking good. Texas hasn't built their confidence yes, up. Right. Alabama wins. They always win. Everybody goes in there, comes into a winning program, and they expect to win. Right. So when the fourth quarter comes, Bryce Young's the kicker. He's like, yeah, here it comes. We're making. You know, like right. he's not even worried. No. He doesn't even have to think. There wasn't he even wasn't that much stressed. celebration. Like, Bama kind of was just like. Nick, he went. That's right. Like, they beat Texas right. at Texas. Right. I mean, we would have blown our. So when we're, like, kicking that field goal last night, we're like, dear God. Right. Can we win one? Like, and, and Bryce Young is. That's right. That's yeah, right. it's a great anecdote and describe the difference in. When you've got the, confidence. When you've got it. When you've got momentum, you expect to win. Wins come easy. I mean. This is always bad. But like growing up, like we were playing basketball or football, all our teams were like we won every game. Yes, and we expected to win every game, and it was always easy to just like finish out games because you're like, well, that's what we do. Yeah, and so like I, I remember well, growing up being like, you don't. Well, sometimes lose. you know what's amazing is sometimes I think, and oh, it's up there. You, people can't see it. It's a picture of us. There's a picture of us. Uh, <laughs> grab it. Can you grab it? Can you grab it and pull it down. You might have to stand up. It might, it might stand up. So there's a picture of me and you. This is on the field, and we'll show it for the YouTube audience, people that can see it. All right. There's a picture of me and Bo. I don't know if they see that good. Uh, the glare right there. There's me and Bo on the field, Memorial Stadium. We just beat Creighton Prep in double overtime to win the state championship game. And we're sophomores. Okay. We are sophomores. And we were the starting starting quarterback, and you ended up having to fill in and be, you were the fullback by the end of the game. Okay. And I look back on that now and I can't believe like, I'm like, holy crap, we won the state championship and we were sophomores at Lincoln South. The- like, holy crap. But I don't think I remember, don't remember. I was excited. But the program it was established and we had always won. So there was kind of this thing of like, well, well, Southeast football wins and I have won up until this point. Why? Why am I surprised that we won? It was. Do you see? I guess yeah. I bring that anecdote up not to brag, but like, well, you know, we won state, you know, we like, did back in 90, right? It was, what, was it 2000? 2000, so God, 22 bro. years ago, dog. You know what I'm saying? It was cold in a mug that day in November, but, but the program was a the winner. The program was a winner. It was so it was like, in. well, yeah, we won because that's what we do. And so it's just different. If you've never, if your program's never won and you've always like that, getting over that hump is its own battle. And like we never had to face the battle because it was like it was always it just was baked in, and you you know how to win. And I bring that up to say that the only the dirty little secret that's unfortunate is the only way to become a winning program is to win. Well, Nebraska was a great program, like we'd won in the seventies, but Coach Osborne had not. Right, it took the ninety four team to win. And we're talking about that's the highest degree of winning. That's the highest degree. I'm saying like. We're not even talking about winning games. We're, We're talking, talking about, about winning, winning national. But like, even that was like once we won the first. But, but there was like the, the second and the third became okay. easier for Osborne's right. crew because they were like, "Well, yeah, well, we, we got win. one." Yes, 
And so I think there is that I really believe there is something to like learning how to win. I think there's that. And then the culture of winners. I think, I think the frost era can be summed up in those things. Cause it's never, it's just like anything else. We want to make it one thing. Life usually isn't all one thing. It's a multi, it's like a combination of things. Yeah. Life is much more a casserole than it is a single entree. The other thing also with that Akron game getting canceled out is there's a the the domino effect of that of like injuries there's the whole saying of like injuries attract other injuries my knee hurts so then my hammy's got to overcompensate which yeah. then pulls my hammy then hurts it like think about the domino effect at least initially is like so Akron game canceled which then makes Colorado the first game they get off to a terrible start because it's their first game they get down 14 nothing then they have to roar back they if the Akron games happens, they probably don't have a 14-0 hole, which then because of that, Martinez gets hurt in the first game, which makes Andrew Bunch have to start the second game, which is Troy. And Troy beats Nebraska, and all of a sudden, wing, bang, boom. Oh, by the way, the you're scheduling guys, get where you're going next game. Oh, you're going I, yeah. to Michigan oh, yeah. to get the doors blown off you. And all of a sudden, before you've even been able to celebrate the honeymoon, you're 0 and 3 because Akron canceled Colorado, Troy, Michigan. And now all of a sudden, and now again, I get it. Like Nebraska finished 4 and 2 that year and you felt like they kind of had it going. But like, I don't think you can, I, like the seeds of, the seeds have been planted at that point. Yeah, we recruited decent in 19. Like, I thought we had a pretty good 19 class. We got Wandale. Um, but we didn't get the horses. Like we didn't get the O and D linemen. Right. It, like if, what if we would have won eight or nine games coming off for like, then you might get some freaking stallions. Like some, like we never got those people. It's interesting you go to that. Cause I go to the more, the mental thing. Well, I think it's both. I yeah. think it's both. Like, I think it all works together. Like, sure. You get the like, yeah, because good players. You and I've talked forever. Like we can talk till we're blue in the face, but like what won the North Dakota game was Anthony Grant and Trey Palmer and Casey Thompson. That's it. Like it's all there was to it. Like there's a lot that goes into winning close games, but a big part of winning close games is having great players. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know there are a lot of ways to to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is what's popping. Well, here's the thing: that greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly... Wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack. Great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth. And you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. And Nebraska and that, couldn't find those guys. Like, here's the thing about Alabama and Georgia. Now, Georgia's won a national title. And Clemson, the like Ohio State, they win national titles, and people, great players, for the most part, want to go to the best programs. Yeah, that's just how it works. My dad was a Minnesota recruit, Minnesotan, 
one of the best players in the country. He came to Nebraska because they'd won a national title the year before. They'd won a national title. And he, he said, I'm going to go play on the best team in the country. Yeah, he could have went. He could have went with the Gophers. Yeah, but he said, "I'm coming to Nebraska." I mean, that shaped. I'm here because of that decision. Because Nebraska won a national title, and my best friend. Because that's right. Your dad, I mean, he's from Nebraska. He's coming but here no matter what. Barry Switzer in Oklahoma recruited my dad. That's what I'm saying. He, but it was just like, come on, man. We we're winning national titles. Here. Yeah, and so like great players go to the teams that win. That makes them more likely to win more, which right. makes them more confident about winning. I mean, it's all works it's in just cycle. yeah people want to make it one thing with it's all mixed in there together because that's also not to absolve blame no. of scott frost scott- his offense didn't fully translate now some of that is also paying for the recruiting sins like it's amazing when you think of the first couple of years yeah. the lack of running backs and wide receivers is jarring there's the adrian martinez conversation that has been beaten to death but it's a real thing i've always said bo go back and look at every coach at any major program that it didn't work almost all of them have one common denominator and it's that they didn't get the quarterback right this dude is everything crunch time like for as much as we loved adrian martinez he was not good in the the close game crunch time moments. So you know, and, and this is the other thing. So I don't want to let Frost off the hook though. Like, I mean, it's it's also like he had obviously being the head coach, he had a major hand in things. Like I think the details, the lack of paying attention to special teams for too long. Um I mean the, the, organization, game management, there were a lot of things that he didn't do well. You know, he, the, the thing the thing that I that of all those things, those things are all important. I think he's a little bit, he was a little bit blind to his own staff. Like yes. your job as a head coach is either you coach up your coaches or you hire guys that you know yes. are the deal. And he brought his buddies from central, from Florida. central Florida and you know, he had to fire them and he did the, he did the duty and that uh, that's why I give him credit. He did the duty, which is a hard, I like, those are good dudes. I mean, yeah. those are good people, right? But, but that's like, not what we're talking they about. weren't getting the job done recruiting or their guys on the field, their positions weren't doing the job. So that's the part that's really difficult that he didn't really either see it or have the like willingness to, to, to acknowledge to, it, to acknowledge and, it. And he let it go too long. Cause right. let's say he makes a change after year one or two, right. instead of after year four, we may be in a totally different universe, Nick. Yes. I think he waited so long that the leash was this. You go to Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern. And it's done. The leash is done. Well, because think about it. Like, I don't think it's any coincidence that all of this, like, who's performing well? The running backs. New coach. coach. Who's performing well? The quarterback. Mark Whipple. Who's performing well? The wide receivers, at least better than they've been. New coach. New coach. Like, (laughs) it's not hard to connect the special teams. Hasn't been, like, it's more been, like, the offensive, the the onsides has been, was a decision more than anything else. But it has not been a problem. Not been a problem. Bushini is out there punting great, and everything's been fine. You love your punters. I love me some punters, Doc. But, But you're right, like... There's that element of it, too, of like he maybe waited a year or two too long to make changes 
at some key positions, especially yeah. when you're going to be in this is why I went back to like the offense lost this thing. When you are an offensive minded program, you better have a good running backs. You better have good wide receivers. You better have good quarterback development and quarterback yeah. play. And those areas between Verdusco held Troy Walters and then Matt Lubick have been severely lacking. And so there's an element of that being real as well. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, I think even right now, it's its naive to think that just on the day that it happened that we can explain perfectly exactly what happened with the, the Frost era. I, I think it's going to be... I'm actually really curious to hear Mickey Joseph talk. So I can't I, wait. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if he'll speak tonight. I bet he'll speak today. So we're gonna we're gonna release this pod tonight potentially. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully we get out. But um, if it gets released tonight, Mickey Joseph might talk on the same day and clear some things up. Which I'm, but I want to see what what he if he has anything to say about. Here's what I think we need to do. Um, because he's living Been around. Right? He's yeah, living yeah. it. But uh, I mean. The real crazy part would be is like if we start winning with the same staff and no frost, I will be. Yeah. I'll just. I'll have. I'll be. I'll be. You go, you shrug. I'll shrug and go. I don't know how to explain it, but like we're gonna have to figure it out because like there, there's. It's gonna be an interesting year from here. Let's just say that. Okay. Do we want to get into some head coaching candidates or do we want to save that for down the road? Do we want to get into Oklahoma? Like, uh, what do we, what do we think? I, think I, about that. In the meantime, let me tell you about Go Currency. How about that? You marinate on that. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans for up to $500,000 with little or no money down. In terms up to 72 months, currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application and current the currency finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Uh, offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing LLC, DBA, currency pursuant to CFL, license 60DBO-54873. What do you want to do, my friend? Okay, what do you, I, I mean, just because I pulled this up, um, it's way too early. Oh, give it, give me, get early I have with something. Zero idea like who's even would be interested. Right. But like the first thing we all think about is, you know, coaching candidates. I think yes. everybody in their mother has said, how about urban Meyer? Right. Yeah. So like, let's, let's just like, you want to get into that. Let's or just you- shelve urban Meyer. Yeah. But like, where does your head go? Let's say it's not urban Meyer. Let's say Mickey Joseph is like, obviously like let's save the Mickey Joseph's going to be the guy thing. Because we have zero idea where Trev's head's at on that, um, and what Mickey's going to do this year. So let's let's just like shelve that. In your mind, like, is there a guy other than those two that like seems obvious? Is there anything that's a, a solution right now? Like, well, I guess my because <sighs> I got I got somebody who wrote I, the top ten, and I'm going top ten candidates for. <laughs> can I say something quick that I guarantee I'm going to end up regretting? Yes. <laughs> Yes, you can. I wouldn't say it unless I had some wine. And there's some wine in here. I know. Cheers. 
Oh, this is so good. I mean, this Camp Nuevo is Campo Nuevo is fantastic. Mickey Joseph's new camp tomorrow. I don't know what I think of Mickey Joseph as a candidate for the for the full time position moving forward. And I and I say that in the sense of like it feels like we're repeating what we thought with Frost. Like, what exactly yeah. is the difference between Mickey and Frost other than? I don't, like it feels like we're recycling the same schools of thought. Now, um, this is this is coming from someone that's or coming from a place of have not seen what the next nine games are going to look like. So, if Nebraska gets to a bowl game and everything looks different, well, yeah, well then, like we're going to be able to see Mickey on the job. And when I get new information, I'll arrive at a new opinion. But I get nervous about the fact that, like, I think there's a difference between being a great recruiter and being a great coach. Those are two different skill sets. And I also think like the one thing, and this is what's good about this opportunity is going to get some experience on the job is like, I do think Nebraska needs someone that has some experience. So I I guess I'm just, I go into it. I'm dragging my feet on Mickey right now. a little. Well, I think we need to be slow on anointing anybody because it's like, we don't want to, we don't want to fall in love with somebody that's going to be, you know, like, not even given a chance, right? Yes. Like I, we have no idea. We have no idea what what the situation is. But I'll say this: I don't know what Mickey is as a head coach. I have zero. I mean, seem, seemingly he's a good he seems receiver like, yes. coach, but more than that, he seems like he's the best recruiter we've ever had. So I'll give him that. So this is the part that is interesting to me: is like. Sell me on it. I think is the recruiting aspect so important now that as long as you have good coordinators and coaches around them, like you don't have to be a like an experienced head coach. As long as you're like, I think Mickey's like been around. He's a football guy. He's a Husker guy. He yeah, knows I don't, the, we don't act like he doesn't know. I, sometimes when people get labeled as a great recruiter, we act they're like, draw up a pass play. And they're like, oh, uh, I don't know how to do that. Run a f- post. I mean, like, we Mickey, act like Mickey's I don't want to denigrate Mickey. Like, he he's doesn't a know quarterback, which means he knows football. Knows football. He's, been a, in, he's been a coach for 30 plus years. Like, the dude knows football, but like, is he a head coach? Like that's that's too. That's what I I know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. That's he's what I'm saying. Getting, I'm dragging my feet a little. I just want to see it. Get, I'll tell you what though. Like he has no coaching, but well, guess what? He gets to have nine games to be a head coach experience. And he's and he's clearly a good recruiter. And so maybe you I go, okay? Does Nebraska better, need? Nick, he's better than a good recruiter. Yeah, I think a he's recruiter. a borderline great recruiter. And that's the part that like his stock to me gets way higher than the average. Well, he's our interim, and if he does well, like. He's our interim. Yes. Like, what's the what was the LSU guy? I'm, I'm uh, Ed Ogeron. Ed Ogeron. Like Ed Ogeron, very good recruiter, you know. But like, yes, caught a wave, got Joe Burrow, and won a national title. But like, I don't think Ed was like the greatest football coach. I think he's like an okay football coach right. and just a nice guy. Um, but they won a national title with him. Like Mickey could potentially be a great recruiter if he has the the seeds of being a great or a really good like CEO head coach. And, and if you hire two great coordinators and maybe you already have one and whip, I think whips a, and not to say I'm Don Grant and chins, but I just, it just feel, I, I say that to say that it feels like oftentimes there's going to be a lot of changes made. You would assume. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So maybe as we talk this out, like maybe, maybe Mickey is a decent, 
It is, I'm excited to see now what Mickey can do yes. as the head coach. Like even it's like this is all like we're it's six o'clock now. We've been balling for a long time. We've here. got the news at noon. Trev at three. Podding for three hours. Podding for three hours. And by six, I'm like, I think it's Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to slow. I'm going to be slow with this. Like, I think that Mickey is intriguing because of his, uh, his Nebraska ties, his recruiting prowess. And, and his, it's like his just demeanor and like the, the rapport he has with his, with the team and his players is special. Hey, so like, I'm just, I, I'm not jumping to conclusions, but I want to see open mind with Mickey. I want to give Mickey legit like he's got a nine game interview. Yes. And the thing with Mickey, I want to make clear is like oftentimes this is just me. When I hear some coaches like, man, guy's a great recruiter. I kind of think he's like a, he's not the great coach. He's not the great coach. That's one. But then also like the guy that that will that is more buddy buddy with the players and more like this sounds weird like stoops down sure basketball there's maybe more of a basketball thing like but like the thing about mickey's also like he's a great recruiter but mickey's like a no bullshit kind of a guy mickey is like this is how it's gonna get done and if you don't like that there's the door well so it's there's a you you know that's what i love about him is he's like like uh he doesn't have to he doesn't have these guys gonna like kiss some wide receiver's ass as they're on a visit i've ever seen is who the best I'd ever had in my that I've been around was John Blake, and, and unfortunately, I think he pa- he passed away a couple of years yeah. ago. Great, great human being, like the nicest, great guy. But remember, he was a coach for Oklahoma for yep. a two years before Bob Suits, and like it was a disaster. But like he was an all right coach. Like he wasn't great X's and O's, wasn't great motivation, but he would go. He got. He got Sue. He got Marlon Lucky. He got, right. he was the first guy I went and watched go get, get five stars. Barry Turner, Prince. Like he went and got the dudes. Yes. Like you got to have somebody that can get the dudes. Now, what John didn't have was like, he wasn't like Mickey where he was like a no BS. That's he what I'm was saying. But he was more buddy buddy. The good recruiters I've seen, and this is more in basketball, they're more your, your, your yes. friend. Yes. And the thing I admire about Mickey is Mickey somehow, which is a hard thing to balance, is this rock star recruiter that also seemingly doesn't, he's not going to come down to the no, player he, level and be your friend. No, he's like this. He's the dude that here's shows the standard. You, yeah. You either want to get to this standard or you don't. Yeah. And okay. But okay. So do you have, let me, let me, can I just throw some, off some let's go. So let's go through some names. Okay, so this is uh, so like obviously we talked about Urban, yes. But this is who. What site is this? I don't even know what this is. Uh, sporting news. Oh, Sporting news. Okay, they report on the news of sports, so it's got to be great. No, Sporting news is great. Shout Lance, out to Mike DeCourcy. Lance Leopold for Kansas. Yep, two and L KU Jayhawks. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Rock Chalk, Mark Stoops, Kentucky. Yep. Dave Aranda Baylor. Yep. Um, then it says worth a look. Matt Rule, Carolina. Yep. Uh, Bill O'Brien, Alabama. Uh, that's interesting because Bill O'Brien. Um, he was at Penn State for Penn a while. State, he was with Houston. The, with the huge, yeah. Big name can always get quarterbacks. That's yep. the part that I like about him. Matt Campbell, Iowa. That's we've heard that. Heard a lot of Matt Campbell. That's an that's been a name I've heard a one. lot of. Um, always, I'm not. I'm always torn on that one. Uh, 
Troy Calhoun Air Force. Uh, Charles Huff for Marshall, maybe after that win last night. It was a little like flavor of the day-ish. Luke Fickle, Cincinnati. Interesting. They're going to the Big 12, which could change some things. That, Cincinnati is. which I think that changes things a lot. Right. And then Urban Meyer, I've got... Of course, they had, they finished with Fox. Well, there's one name on that list that that I've been drawn to that I, you didn't say, and that's Jim Leonard. But see, with Jim, he's he's a Wisconsin guy, you know. Like, but my, yeah, I'm just throwing it out. I'm just saying, like, I feel like I'm drawn towards like right now. I'm drawn towards some defense. I like defensive dudes. You too. Um, but the, like, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying Jim Leonard's my number one candidate. It's no, just I, when I start writing down names, Jim Leonard's a name Nick, that I, I would say it's a great, there. it's a great candidate. What I'm saying is I think he's waiting out that, that job at Wisconsin. I think he's, he's a Wisconsin guy. To, yeah. I think he is. I would be surprised if he'd be willing to leave Wisconsin, but I mean, he's a proven entity on the defensive side. Well, who do you like? Is there someone you like? I have, z- I mean, I know. I wish like, I could, I, I wish, zero, sorry, listeners. I wish I could come with like, cause Matt Campbell, um, I get torn on Matt Campbell because I, I like, like he, Matt Campbell. I don't dislike Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell also doesn't make me like go berserk out of yeah, excitement. I mean, I mean, but urban's urban, like urban's a proven, like once like, He's like, it's just the he's baggage. With, it's he's the baggage Mount, he comes he's with. He's a Mount Rushmore. He's yeah. a, like, it's him, Saban, Bear Bryant, and Tom Osborne. Tom Osborne, like in a handful of others, Paterno, Bobby Bowden, Jimmy right. Johnson. Like, there's a handful of guys that are just phenomenal coaches. Right. But Urban, Urban's coming off of like a couple of weird years for him. Yes. It's a hard time. It's a hard and we almost need to get our thoughts together before we talk about urban Meyer, but this like off the cuff, I'm I know, just, I know I'm too, like, I don't know how, because urban, the urban Meyer rumor mill has been going crazy. Again, you got to take the rumor mill stuff with the grain of salt. I think, I think it's, it's all rumor yeah. stuff. And to be honest with you, Trev Albers doesn't strike me as a guy that would want to hire urban Meyer. He just doesn't like Trev, at least on a surface, Trev doesn't seem like a guy that wants to take on someone that has any sort of baggage. I, I would, here's where I would say, I would agree with you. But Urban is also so um, his baggage to like track record ratio is is, way, is heavily. It's tilted. not like he had one good year and a lot of baggage. It's like he had like I built up Utah, I built up Florida, I built up Ohio State, and then I went to Jacksonville. And I had a weird couple of years. It's not only that, it's also the Zach Smith wide receiver stuff of reporting on domestic violence, which is, is oh, tough. Yeah, you know, right. he had that whole thing, but it's also tough. It's like, I think somehow people like, like it wasn't Urban Meyer that was domestically abusing his wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think we have a way of like, and we need to stop before we go too far. But we have a way of like, <laughs> you know, going too far in that way. I have to hold my tongue. Sometimes. Well, you know, like, I, I mean, Urban Meyer wasn't hitting his wife you know what i mean like and I mean, that's the part that like you know like that's where we like but that's how that it that's how it gets at. perceived and yeah. oftentimes perception is reality in 2022 and so it there there is no question that urban comes with some perception issues exactly. and i just don't know if nebraska wants to endure that but at the same time guys like you just said urban meyer is one of the five best college football coaches of all time there so there is that but I almost like want to put that on the shelf for now. I just don't know if there is like, I don't know. Like the way when, when Riley was fired, it was fraught. Like frost was always the dream yeah. guy. 
You know, for a long time, I remember arguing with with you in D.C. in 2000, towards the end of Polini. I was a Pat Fitzgerald guy. I've always loved Fitzgerald, but Fitz is not leaving Northwestern no. to go to Nebraska. He's just he's a Northwestern guy through and through. Um, I don't even think P.J. Fleck is leaving Minnesota to come to Nebraska. It just, just doesn't. Unfortunately, in 2022, Minnesota and Nebraska are more even than people want to maybe would want to admit. Yeah. So I guess I say all that to say, like, I don't I'd have to think about it more. I don't have a a. A number one candidate in my mind that is like, that's the guy. I'm not saying I'm anti Matt Campbell. I'm not saying I'm anti Dave Aranda, Jim Leonard, Matt Rule. All, the, I, I, the, all those guys are, are like, mm, that's interesting. Like, yeah. that's pretty good. But I just got to think about it more. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I mean, Nick, we're like, I was in shock at noon. Um, a glass of wine has helped. This is great. It's, it's been great like wine. Float out. But like, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know where this thing's going. I don't know. I mean, in the wild card, the wild card's like, how is the Husker season going to go? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The wild card is Nebraska finishes strong, and Mickey's the guy. And then, and then, I mean, what if Nebraska gets to a bowl game now? What if Nebraska finishes seven and five, finishes eight and four? What if Nebraska finishes, gets, I mean, like, you don't know. I mean, mean, like, if you think about, like, we lost. George, but that's not a conference game. So, like, we're 0 and 1 in the conference, but like, that's the other thing. All Look you got to do, West, Bo. you got to win the West. You could, I Iowa, mean, I, I should, Iowa. What are we talking about? What are we? Well, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, like the reality is if you look at Nebraska's West, defense, over the, if you look Southern. at Nebraska's defense, Nebraska's defense does not look like a defense that's going to be able to stop anybody. Okay. But th- that's what also makes this so frustrating is you look at the Big Ten West. Wisconsin just lost to Washington State at home. Iowa, Iowa can't score. Iowa has one offensive touchdown in two games. They had 150 total yards against Iowa State. They can't score. They can't score. Illinois lost to Indiana. Wisconsin Northwestern somehow Nebraska lost, but Northwestern's not any good. Um, the the class of the conference right now is Minnesota and Purdue, and I wouldn't necessarily say that that neither of them, the, those teams are like historically great teams that are like you know if we can get something going like and this is ridiculous that's this is the wine talking this is the wine when the wine gets in our bodies we get optimistic and we start talking about the big 10 west and we start talking about going to the indianapolis and the big 10 what if we go what if we win it all man have you considered the idea of us winning it all this is what i like about being an optimist i am an optimist I'm just like, well, why don't we just go win? It's why like, don't we just win it all, man? That'll solve a lot I of think the issues. The, was the movie Major League where it's like, where I think was Tom Berenger is like, <laughs> why don't we just go win the whole damn thing? <laughs> and they get up and they're like, yeah. And they're just a good idea. And then there's a montage where they right. win a lot. That's what so you want. What Nebraska needs is just a montage. Mickey say, why don't we just go win the whole damn thing? Mickey and then just, just has to say, we got to go win the whole damn thing, and then well, we have a montage, and we'll be in the Big Ten Championship. Well, okay, so real quick, as we wrap this up, Oklahoma, because it starts this weekend. I, I'm going to beat them 70 to 10, or what were we thinking? I'm going to defer my tipsy prediction this week to you, because I am i can't do it this well, week. Well, here's the thing. One of the things I wrote down prior to Frost getting fired is the timing of this game is bad and good. The bad is Oklahoma's really good, and Nebraska's not very good right now. And then beyond that, with big noon kickoff coming, one of the big things about game day or big noon kickoff coming is they're going to showcase and highlight your program. Yeah. I think, honestly, one of the reasons that 
wasn't a big reason, but one of the reasons Trev maybe fired Frost is like, what are you supposed to do with big noon kickoff coming? Are you trotting Frost out there to like be the face of your program? Like, like yeah. I'll be really interested if Tom Rinaldi or whoever has a one-on-one sit down with, is it going to be Trev? Is it going to be Mickey Joseph? Like how are, I guess, how is Fox portraying Nebraska? Yeah. It's, it's, that's one of the, it's like the good part about big noon kickoff coming is they are, they're there to basically, it's one big ad and pom-pom waving session for your program. But I don't know what you're even like selling, like, woo, check it out. What's Nebraska? Like, what, without, what is that? What's Nebraska without, without, Scott Frost? without Frost? Like what, what's the, check it out. What am I checking out? Oh, look at it. Check it out. <laughs> big red. Well, hold on. No, what am I looking at? You're looking at the big red. I understand that, but what are we looking at? You're looking at the black shades. Well, I understand that's a tradition. Like, but that's what I'm wondering. What is like when we sit down to watch Big Noon kickoff? Like, what are they highlighting? Like, at the coming up next. I mean, Rob Stone's gonna be like our own Tom Rinaldi sat down with. It's gotta be Trev, right? It's gonna be Trev because Trev's got the cred. I think Mickey's gonna be on a press junket this week, though. I mean, yeah, but I'm just. I'll be curious what the pregame and like. Trev said this. He said, Mickey sees this as an opportunity. Yeah. So, like, I think Mickey Joseph has been waiting his whole life for this moment. Right. You know, if, Nick, if you're if you're like a Mickey Joseph or any coach that's put in 30 years, he's he's been all over the country. Yes. He's done the deal. You're at a big-time program. The head coach gets fired, and you're the assistant head coach. This is the chance. This is, every, this is the yeah. chance to show, like, I've never been a court. I don't think he's been a coordinator. Maybe, maybe. he's been. Uh, maybe he has, but I think that he's never been a head coach. Before. No, he's yeah. Um, and no, it's a huge. I mean, he's got his chance to show that, like, I am head coach material for this program right right now. They needed me, so this is a. He's going to take this as an opportunity. So um, I'm I'm excited to see, like. What do you get? Yeah. What 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 are we gonna do different? So I mean, obviously, so I'll be curious if they if they want. I think that'll be telling too how much frost or frost how much Trev is really considering Mickey. Like my guess is Trev is doing the one on one. Like coming up next, her own Tom Rinaldi has a one on one sit down with Trev. I think it's Trev, yeah. not Mickey. That's my guess. But nevertheless, that's one of the things that is frustrating about the timing of this is like a part of what is amazing about bringing in. uh Big noon kickoff is just like they're going to showcase your program, you know, and I don't know really what they're even showcasing right now. Okay, hold on, I just pull up Mickey Joseph's What's, uh, coaching is, career. I mean, it's a lot o- of it's, Omaha North, nineteen ninety five, the Vikings, Wayne State, ninety seven. Oh, you got to love it. Archbishop uh, High School, Louisiana. Yep. Tulane, GA, Alabama State wide receiver, Nickel State QB, Central Oklahoma. Look at this suit. Desire Street Academy, Academy in Louisiana. in Alcorn State 2013. Grambling State. La Tech 2016 running backs coach. LSU. LSU. Uh, is that he had maybe some sort of coordinator? Assistant position. head coach. Oh, assistant head coach. Yep, there you go. Not coordinator. Uh, and then Nebraska. Yeah. Think about that. So we'll see. Wikipedia Wikipedia already updated Nebraska interim head coach. Shouts out to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Wikipedia getting which I learned about open source uh open source uh You know website. you get the best information? Do you know that? That means that So what it is? It is is uh, worked on by so, people. Okay. 
openly. But tipsy prediction. I mean, Oklahoma's 2-0. and They beat UTEP 45-13. They beat Kent State 33-3. It was 7-3 at half, though. So it wasn't necessarily just, you know, ass kicking out the Antonio Gates. Dylan Gabriel has been balling 70% completion percentage, 529 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Marvin Mims is a name from last year, wide receiver. I mean, if Nebraska can't stop Georgia Southern, you kind of go, okay, how are they going to stop Oklahoma? It needs to be one of those things. The start of the game has to be great. Like you got to get up to a good start. Something amazing needs to happen early in the game. Flip, you know, get Oklahoma nervous, get Nebraska feeling good about themselves, get Oklahoma a little bit rattled. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I mean, I think I think Oklahoma probably puts it on. I'll say 49-24, 49-27 in that area. You with that? I, I, I make no predictions because I feel so I like off Look this at you. week. But I like the fact that you gave us at least one. There we go. There we go. I mean, okay. Empty glasses. Empty glasses. Toast. Shouts out. Hey, shouts out to Go Currency making this happen. Wine Pod. It's Sunday. We recorded two pods. I felt like we hit everything we needed to hit on there. We went deep. We went deep. Shouts out to everybody. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So close. Yet so far away. A Huda Media Production.